Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 1. And there is a word of Jehovah unto me, saying, 2. Son of man, say to the leader of Tyre, Thus said the Lord Jehovah, Because thy heart hath been high, and thou hast said, A God I am, the habitation of God I have inhabited, in the heart of the seas, and thou art man, and not God, and thou givest out thy heart as the heart of God. The Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy against the king of Tyre. In the last two chapters, he was prophesying against the city of Tyre, but now it's against the very king. The Lord accuses the king of thinking that he is God, which is what a lot of kings think about themselves. This is the same sin that Satan made. He thought that he was God, and he still pretends that he is God. So this chapter is going to compare the king of Tyre with Satan himself. It's going to metaphorically be about Satan as well as the king of Tyre. The fall of the king of Tyre is a foreshadowing or a type of the fall of Satan. Whenever you think that you're better than your creator, that's narcissism. The Bible calls it pride. It's one of the first sins. 3. Lo, thou art wiser than Daniel. No hidden thing have they concealed from thee. 4. By thy wisdom and by thine understanding thou hast made for thee wealth, and makest gold and silver in thy treasuries. The king of Tyre knew many things. He had the same earthly wisdom that Daniel the prophet had. We're going to read about Daniel in the next book. But Daniel was widely known, not only in Israel and by Ezekiel and the exiles of Israel, but he was also known in foreign lands as a wise man. He was alive at this time. He had been captured from the land of Judah before Ezekiel was captured and taken away, and Daniel was taken to be a eunuch for King Nebuchadnezzar. His wisdom was even known to those in Tyre. But the king of Tyre used his own earthly wisdom to make wealth for himself, and this is something that Daniel didn't do. Daniel did not use his wisdom for personal gain. 5. By the abundance of thy wisdom, through thy merchandise, thou hast multiplied thy wealth, and high is thy heart through thy wealth. Because the king of Tyre was able to use his intelligence to gain more wealth for his kingdom, he became even more prideful and more narcissistic. 6. Therefore, thus said the Lord Jehovah, because of thy giving out thy heart as the heart of God, 7. Therefore, lo, I am bringing in against thee strangers, the terrible of the nations. They have drawn out their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they have pierced thy brightness. The Lord is speaking directly to the king of Tyre through Ezekiel's prophecy, saying that the king of Tyre will personally be attacked, and this will happen when the Babylonians come and attack his city. 8. To destruction they bring thee down. Thou diest by the deaths of the wounded in the heart of the seas. It keeps mentioning the seas because Tyre was a port city. It was basically halfway in the ocean. 
but the Lord is going to bring them down so much so that in the battles their coastline is going to get destroyed. 9. Dost thou really say, I am God, before him who is slain thee, and thou art man, and not God, in the hand of him who is piercing thee? To any of us who ever feels prideful and thinks that we're better than others, the Lord's message to us is that we are just men and women, and nothing more. We're the same as all of the other humans that he created, so there's no reason to feel prideful. And we don't have anything except if the Lord gave it to us, whether that's intelligence, good looks, wealth, connections, or talents. We wouldn't have anything if it weren't for him. He decides who's going to be born in poverty and who's going to be born in abuse and who's going to be born without an education and opportunities and who's going to be born with all of the advantages. We can't control what has happened to us, so there's no reason to be prideful. The Lord asks the king of Tyre, Are you going to keep claiming that you're God while I kill you? 10. The deaths of the uncircumcised thou diest by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken an affirmation of the Lord Jehovah. The uncircumcised are the Gentiles or anybody who isn't Jewish. The Jewish people were commanded to circumcise all of their sons. And this physical circumcision represents a circumcision of the heart in which we abstain from sin. Of course, the Israelites did not abstain from sin many, many times. But the physical circumcision represents repentance and spiritual cleanliness. The king of Tyre will die the death of somebody who is uncircumcised. This means that he will die the death of somebody who is a practicing sinner. 11. And there is a word of Jehovah unto me, saying, 12. Son of man, lift up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. And thou hast said to him, Thus said the Lord Jehovah, Thou art sealing up a measurement, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. The Lord is going to have Ezekiel cry and mourn for the death of the king of Tyre. Prophets always cry and mourn for those who fall into eternal damnation. The Lord is going to have Ezekiel mourn on his behalf for the king of Tyre. God really does love everybody, but he destroys those who will not enter heaven. Because he is holy and heaven is his home, if the Lord ever once allowed even one person to enter heaven who wasn't righteous, then heaven wouldn't be heaven anymore. The reason it's heaven is because there's no sin, there's no persecution. When you go to heaven, nobody will tell you a lie. Nobody will take advantage of you. Nobody will steal from you. Nobody will use you. Nobody will mistreat you. And that's because the unrighteous will not be there. But he still loves all of us, and it isn't his will to destroy any of us. So he is crying for the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre considered himself wise and perfect and beautiful. In Eden, the garden of God, thou hast been, every precious stone thy covering, ruby, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and gold the workmanship of thy tabarets, and of thy pipes, 
in thee in the day of thy being produced have been prepared. Now the Lord is making a metaphor comparing the king of Tyre to Satan himself. Satan visited the Garden of Eden when he was beautiful before he fell. But then at some point he fell into sin and was estranged from the Lord. And then after that was when he entered the serpent and the serpent spoke to Eve and tempted her to sin. This is talking about Satan before he fell from heaven and grace and before he became ugly. When Satan was originally created as Lucifer, he was one of the most beautiful creatures. But then he started worshiping himself, even though he didn't make himself. And then when he fell, one of his punishments was that he would become one of the most ugly creatures, so that he would know it was only because of God that he was beautiful in the first place. But when God created him, he was decorated with precious stones. And it also says that he had pipes, which means that he was a musical angel. He probably sang and played pipes. His purpose was to worship the Lord, but he worshipped himself. 14. Thou art an anointed cherub who is covering, and I have set thee in the holy mount. God, thou hast been in the midst of stones of fire. Thou hast walked up and down. Where it says, God, thou hast been, that's kind of a mistranslation. What it should say is, you were on the holy mountain of God. The Lord always has a mountain that he is on. There's a mountain in Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is also on a mountain. Zion is on a mountain. And heaven itself has a mountain where God's throne is. Satan attended the throne on that mountain. Satan was definitely a cherubim. He was beautiful, and he had jewels, and he had musical pipes. And God says that Satan also walked among stones of fire. And that makes sense because God himself is made of fire. He is a consuming fire. His throne has fire in it. So if you are attending his throne, you definitely would be in the midst of holy fire. 15. Perfect art thou in thy ways, from the day of thy being produced, till perversity hath been found in thee. The Lord says that he created Lucifer as a perfect being, but then a perversity was found in Lucifer. That was the perversity of pride. 16. By the abundance of thy merchandise they have filled thy midst with violence, and thou dost sin. And I thrust thee from the mount of God, and I destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. This looks like it's a mix between the metaphor of Satan and also speaking about the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre was on a port city, but there must have been some sort of mount in that port city because it did have high walls. And that would make you think that part of the city was built up higher. Perhaps it had a cliff area that the palace sat over. And the king of Tyre was so fixated on making merchandise of his city and gaining wealth that he turned to sin and violence. It speaks also about Satan being pushed out of heaven.
it's interesting how the language of this verse is both about Satan, but it's also about the king of Tyre. 17. High hath been thy heart because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom because of thy brightness. On the earth I have cast thee. Before kings I have set thee to look on thee. The Lord brought the king of Tyre low. Other kings would see how he fell. But this is also talking about Satan being thrown out of heaven and sent to earth where people could see him. And we see his actions. We don't necessarily see him with a naked eye, but we do know that he's here and that he's hideously ugly, so ugly that if we see him, we'll scream. 18. From the abundance of thy iniquity, by the perversity of thy traffic, thou hast polluted thy sanctuaries, and I bring forth fire from thy midst. It hath devoured thee, and I make thee become ashes on the earth before the eyes of all beholding thee. The Lord is going to bring down the city of Tyre as if it's getting burned because of the sin of the king of Tyre and the people of Tyre. It's also metaphorically saying that the fire that Satan was in, which was a holy fire of God, was turned against him so that he could no longer walk in the midst of it, and that holy fire burned him. And that's probably why Satan looks like he's burnt. If you've seen pictures and drawings of him from people who have seen him, his skin does look burnt. 19. All knowing thee among the peoples have been astonished at thee, wastes thou hast been, and thou art not to the age. The king of Tyre will not be king anymore, and Satan will never be beautiful again. He'll never have jewels, he'll never have pipes, he'll never have light, and ultimately he will be destroyed after Armageddon. 20. And there is a word of Jehovah unto me, saying, 21. Son of man, set thy face unto Zidon, and prophesy concerning it. Now the chapter is turning to a prophecy against Zidon, which is another port city north of Tyre. This would also be a city that was in sin, but it wasn't as great of a city. 22. And thou hast said, Thus said the Lord Jehovah, Lo, I am against thee, O Zidon, and I have been honored in thy midst, and they have known that I am Jehovah, in my doing in her judgments, and I have been sanctified in her. All of the Zidonians will know who the real God is when he destroys that town too. He says he'll be sanctified in her, and that means that that town is going to be for his purpose alone. He's going to destroy it, and then it will be his town of destruction. It refused to be a town that obeyed him. So it will have his name on it through destruction rather than through obedience. 23. And I have sent into her pestilence and blood into her outplaces. The wounded hath been judged in her midst by the sword upon her round about, and they have known that I am Jehovah. So an army, most likely the Babylonians, is going to overtake Zidon as well and kill the citizens. There's also going to be disease in that town that is going to kill people. 24. And there is no more to the house of Israel a prickling briar, 
and paining thorn of all round about them, despising them, and they have known that I am the Lord Jehovah. Although Tyre was once friendly with Israel, it had become an enemy to Israel over time. It was like a thorn in the side of Israel, and so was the town of Zidon, both pagan towns. And the Lord says that they're not going to be able to irritate the Israelites anymore. 25. Thus said the Lord Jehovah, In my gathering the house of Israel out of the peoples among whom they were scattered, I have been sanctified in them before the eyes of the nations, and they have dwelt on their ground that I gave to my servant Jacob. The Lord says that one day after seventy years, He's going to bring the Israelites home again out of Babylon, and the whole world will know that he did it, and that he is their God, and they are his people. 26. And they have dwelt on it confidently, and builded houses, and planted vineyards, and dwelt confidently, in my doing judgments on all those despising them round about, and they have known that I, Jehovah, am their God. Hundreds of years later, when Jesus is doing his ministry, Israel will be fairly secure, even though it's overseen by the Romans. It will be a land that's fairly secure and doesn't fear anyone attacking it. And they'll be able to buy, trade, sell, and do whatever they need to do. There will be political upheaval because they're under the thumbnail of the Romans, but they won't be suffering for food or, or resources. Israel will be Israel again. And that concludes Ezekiel chapter 28.